0: Hello, it's Mark Henderson here. I'm the CEO of Laramide uh, Resources in uh, Toronto, Canada. I'm actually here in London today, here for the WNA, the World Nuclear Association conference, held every year. It's a big event. It plans to be uh, even bigger this year. We've got a bull market going on in uranium. I think that's now kind of acknowledged by all. Uh, we have some uh, late-stage development projects in the United States and Australia, and I'm going to be uh, pleased to tell you about it.
1: Mark, kids, have you ever here? Welcome, like WMA, Matt. you're a bit casual, I think, you need to be seasoned in it's surely, so. surely, serious meetings to be had. It's tropical outside. <laughs> it's our second day of <laughs> yeah. summer. Apparently, hey. English summer. English summer. We think we've got five days of it this year. Um, let's talk about why you're here, first of all. Let's, let's start with that, and then we'll kind of rush into some of the, the projects that um, we need updates on.
0: So, what are you hoping to get out of this, what are you, what are you hoping to hear? Oh, I mean, I think you've covered this before. It's a, I think it's a good event if you're uh, interested in the uranium space at all. It's kind of the granddaddy of the conventions. You know, it would be the equivalent of a Comdex or something if you're in the tech business. That's yeah. still a thing in the various yeah. tech conferences of, of the past. Um, all of the all nuclear industry, that includes the buy side, the utilities, the various other stages of the enrichment cycle, and obviously companies like us that are, that are hoping to be producers and the existing producers, of which, of course, there aren't many. Uh, which is part of the reason that we we've obviously got a tight market and and, and actually pretty interesting time to be here.
1: It's rammed down there. It's absolutely uh, it's absolutely rammed. Uh, US utility buyers are here uh, compared to last year. Different story. Completely different story. Um, let's talk about the positioning of your company. Now you've long said to me, we're ready to go when the market's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Can we start with the US projects? Give us an update first, and then I kind of want to talk about you know positioning um, your company for success going forward. So.
0: U.S. projects, can I give us a run through it? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've been talking over the years, and I think the, this market is sort of playing out like I thought it would post-Fukushima. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think all of us in the business uh, believed that all of this uh, would happen a lot sooner, that the market would tighten a lot sooner and what have you, but for different reasons, that really didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And we obviously had COVID that, that caused disruptions of one sort or another. So we're sort of finally seeing that. We saw the initial kind of blast off. I guess it was 2020 or 20 late 2020 uh, when the market started to tighten up and we had a $25 market and we really had a big run up into late 21. And this felt like it feels like now, only it feels this time around that the market is actually tight. And I think we the spot price went from 25 to 65. All the companies like ours with you know the next wave of production, we all tripled as well. And then everything kind of fell back. So we had a correction that's gone on now for... I don't know till now. Yeah. Best part of 2 years. I'm a bit surprised the correction took so long and that it's kind of taken the demand side of the equation the utilities really kind of get on board that they really need to get aggressive about not only, you know, securing production in the next sort of medium term, but really where's the where's the production going to come from in, you know, 2030s, 2040s? You know, you build a nuclear power plant, you're it's a 60-year uh, commitment sometimes now they're getting 20-year extensions on that. So the the demand is you know, yeah. very, very visible, you know, it's not model demand like you have in something like lithium. Yeah. You know, it's real demand for the most part, other than though, maybe they add a plant or don't build a plant. So, the demand side is very easy to, to model, and, and really where we have all the issues is the supply side. So, I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the
1: nuclear report, which the, the guys put out. Well, I think it's officially released tomorrow, but we've got a little sneak peek today. Um, demand side, catered for In fact, it hasn't really included much of the SMR growth story in there either. But yeah, that's their supply side, which I want to talk about in the context of your company, Naramid, as well. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You talked about, you know, you thought it happened a bit quicker. So did we. But we've had COVID come along, supply chain issues, driving printing of money, inflation, Russia, Sput, all sorts of help that our sector has needed to kind of get it even to where it is today. So I'm not sure many people were calling it right in 2019 or 20, quite frankly. Not just you, me, everyone. Difficult times. Difficult times back then.
0: Well, I just think everybody that was in the business, I mean, maybe not if you're a utility buying $25 Kazakh uranium, maybe you thought that would last forever. But I mean, if you were realistic about the landscape in front of you, I think you- you had to get to a place where this mythical incentive price, yeah. whatever that is now, we used to say, I think it was 65. I'm it's thinking it, I'm thinking it's day. not 65. We could be 65 by Friday, right? So I'm thinking it's higher now yeah. and, and and we'll see. But I do think these kind of things had to fall into place. I mean, it's the slowest moving thing in the world, the nuclear business. You know, nuclear plants do not sneak up on you. So the demand is there and once it's committed. Yeah. But when they make an announcement, and part of the reason I think people that are investors in the space they see these announcements, like they see a demand-side announcement, and they're like, like, okay, well, the market's going to open the next day, and somehow or other is going to be reflected right away. And it takes a long time. Right. And similarly on the supply side, because you know, you obviously saw this announcement over the course of the weekend yeah. from yeah. Cameco, and you know, companies are not really in the habit of making press releases on Sunday afternoon to Labor Day weekend, yeah. In my experience. Just before WN. Just before yeah. WNA. Well, I think they're obviously they can't come to their customers and with, yeah. without full transparency here. I think that's part of the why they did it, um, and rightly so. Um, but yeah, it just takes time for the market to kind of get this. The, deep, the, the few people that have been in this, I mean, you've been following for a long time, like there's been deep contrarians in this because the thesis kind of was what it was and it was frustrating for the few people that flitted in and out of it, well, but when is this going to happen? I know, I know. I, 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 I think no
1: one was calling it right yeah. 2019, 2020. No one, no one. Um, let's, let's talk about you and how you have conversations with the attendees today on the, on the buy side, right? Because you're going to you're going to talk the game of a soon to be producer, that's good news. A green producer, ISR, it's all, all good stuff, green production. Um, so, where where are you with those conversations? How do you frame that? What are they buying into? And in terms of timing and, and, and so forth, how do you expect the, the, the kind of near term stuff to play out for you?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think from, from the standpoint of our company, I mean, we haven't spent a whole lot of time, to be honest, talking about utility things that might not. <laughs> Have first revenue for three or four years or something like that. Even in the, in the case of the U.S., which would be the lead yeah. kind, of, kind of project, because um, we're PA stage there, aren't we? Yes, yeah, but I mean, in, in the case of the so we have two big chunky projects. We have a you know big ISR resource that will be an ISR methodology project in the United States, one of the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, fifty plus million pounds. Finally, getting its first economic study, yeah. and there are just reasons for the technical reasons that it took a long time to do that, just because of the provenance of the data being American and not Canadian or Australian where we have these um, regulatory regimes uh, 43101 in York that you know that kind of stuff is mandatory and so we're finally kind of assembling and saying here's the economics you know it is what it is it's an ISR thing here's where it fits in the peer group so i think that from that standpoint the utilities are going to perk up and get a little bit interested in that we've also now done uh or we've gotten a grant from the DOE as part of our our last part of the permitting process, which is going to be great because the, the impeccability of the data that's going to come out of Los Alamos, obviously, is not going to be um, scrutinized too heavily by, hopefully, by the regulatory agencies and, and even people that are, that are opposed to the project, of which they're bound to, you know, you're never, you're never out of the woods with that thing when you're doing any kind of mining project now in a, in a G7, D20 country. And then we have another bigger project in Australia that's further away because of the politics, but big and important. You ever, and I, are we in Queensland now? Yeah, it's in Queensland. Yeah. But I, mean, I think it's Westmoreland, it's a big, it's a different style of project. It's a traditional kind of open pit, if you would like go West African gold mine open pit. Yeah. That you'd be familiar with without, you know, without smallish processing plant and everything's kind of outdoors so that your costs are not what they would be in like a arctic environment or something right. like that where you've got other costs that you have to deal with so you know the economics of that are very good we've done studies on that it's a well-known project but it's probably off people's radar screen you know i mean fukushima went on for a long time you know so in terms of the impact and and what have you so there was there's probably lots of new fuel managers here people are yeah you know, just yeah, getting
1: well, yeah. into nuclear business. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think that's, that's kind of the overriding theme of all the conversations we've been having yesterday, today, I suspect the rest of this week, is the fact that the skill set just isn't there. In terms of, like, certainly the, the, on, the, on the build side, for sure, in terms of even the, even the buying side, you know, it's it kind of felt, I think initially I sort of reviewed these buyers as some sort of actuarial geniuses, and it just kind of feels like, well, maybe it's just kind of like the rest of us, kind of slightly winging it. It felt like in terms of trying to understand how the market's going to play out, right? But now we're hitting their hard yards. What I'm hearing is supply is not necessarily going to be there when they want it. And perhaps these predictions from UXC, trade ticket, and, and then like for 2024 being the year where we're slightly depleted inventory levels mean that these guys are going to start paying attention. I mean, do you agree with that in terms of supply?
0: Oh, I mean, the supply is obviously very challenged. I mean, I think the because it's not vertically integrated like there were times in the past when i think during that american the initial american build-out where the idea was a bit more you know the general electrics were building power plants and they were by the time the 70s was over they were out drilling drill holes so you know they had an expertise in the company so they had a lot more understanding of where the business was going and what have you yeah um you know westinghouse similar things the japanese utilities you know found one of the deposits in one of these asx companies back in 1979 their expiration department the expiration department of a japanese utility so that's the extent to which the business got integrated and now i think you have there's the demand side there's the supply oh the supply yeah we'll, we'll get worry about that when we get to it isn't it great buying 25 dollars kazakh uranium it's limitless <laughs> and they'll find out that it's based on geology and it's not limitless. Yeah. And I think we're kind of at that point too. And it's, there's always a – because it's a stair-step thing, this uranium price. like That's why people have to be patient because it seems like it's doing – but like the gold market's a bit like that. Like it does nothing. Everyone yeah. just wants to you know slit yeah. their wrists. Yeah. And then the gold price will move $200 and they miss the whole thing. Yeah. So uranium's a bit like that. And you get this stair-step thing. And partly it's the psychology because the demand side does have to react. And they tend to react en masse because it's, you know my analogy has always been they're a bit like portfolio managers that are closet indexers and they really don't wanna say that. But when someone else buys Nvidia, they all go, I don't own Nvidia, I better own Nvidia. And so the uranium market is a bit like that. And I think what we've had that makes this moment seem different is you've had three supply shocks in a row in a very short period of time, you know, you've had um, Peninsula that's been pushed out on a restart. Yeah. You've had Niger, which you know threatens, you know, maybe not threatens, but I mean, no one knows yet. Yeah. We got existing production, but also there's future production that utilities think they're getting from a mine that's not built yet in the not too distant future. And then we had Cameco going. I know we're the biggest, best mining company in the world, but you know, we're we're having some problems. Yeah. And so the cumulative effect of this, I gotta believe, is going to make for some interesting conversations at this conference. I, yeah. well,
1: I, well, I bet. I, th- I think that. Well, the, I think the biggest of those obviously is um, Niger, because in terms of well, it, where where it is, somewhere between in seven, so five and seven percent of the of the of the, the mark, world market supply, and obviously yeah, the French are the most affected there. But the knock on effect, the ripple effect of that is, is is somewhat significant. And I'm talking to both companies, both. Listed companies operating in in, in country today. Um, from those time, how do you quantify um, the damage being done by not getting this resolved sooner? It's out of their hands, so there's, there's, they're playing a waiting game. Not brilliant. Um, I think the rest of the market got a little bit excited, right? It's green across the boards. Fantastic. You've had a good run the last couple of months as well. Um, so I think. So I think. Yeah. Let, let's see how that plays out. I don't know enough to to comment on that one. I think, obviously, peninsula kind of got slightly curveballed by UEC there, somewhat. But it's just a delay. You know. I mean, it's is a it le- just legitimate mining?
0: delay. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going into the nature of what the issue is. All I right. know is that if, if you were somebody expecting, I mean, they were in the ramp up to, like, we're really going to produce. They'd be producing today. And they have a utility contracts yeah. and everything else. So, I mean, that's yeah. just all I'm saying is that must impact the psychology of the person that thought they were going to receive material. Yeah, and And then they get... Exactly, I agree like They 100%. open their email on Sunday and they realize, hmm, we had some chemical deliveries yeah. well coming. I mean, it's just the cumulative impact of it's, all this stuff. It's
1: amazing, it's amazing, yeah. amazing at the moment. Yeah, I th- so I, think, yeah, I totally agree with you on those three points. It's, it's, uh must affect the psyche of even, even the brave. Um, so again, coming back to you, U.S. market, just sticking with the U.S. market, I'm trying, I'm trying to stay on focus here, is U.S. market, we've seen a few things, and Peninsula is like one of those situations, that's a nice strategic move by UEC, didn't need to do it, they're not going to, f- fill it, but it makes life difficult peninsula. Maybe it could have been an, uh, a heavily discounted company asset or company that they could affect. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going there Clever why people. why they were doing
0: it or whatever. It's
1: no, just... but, but, but I think my, my point is that the, the vagaries of the market, the ups and downs of mining, which is tough enough, there's a lots of things going on out there. Do you, as a CEO, with U.S. assets in the economic study phase stage, do you have a view of about how you play this? Are you setting it up for someone to come in? Because there's going to be more MA. We're seeing it. Lots of MA so far. We're going to see more of it. Do you say, let's put ourselves in the best position to get the best return now nah, before we have to even think about funding this thing? Because that's where the pain comes. How do you play it?
0: Well, I mean, I think we're obviously, you know, we were waiting for the signal. And it was, in a way, it was good that we waited a little longer because yeah, sure. we you had that huge move off the bottom. Really well. But, but I mean, I don't think I was expecting a two-year checkback or an almost two-year checkback on the price because the price was back at forty-five. So those that didn't rush in and say I yeah. got to be ready for twenty, the twenty twenty-two market or the twenty twenty-three market. Yeah, it's only coming now. I mean, if you were doing contracts and things, so. But I think this is it. It's really happening. So we're going to obviously move it forward as quickly as we can sure. to get shovel ready, um, and and then go build it. The beauty of having a. But a, you got to build it. Absolutely. Or you got to say you got to build no, it. No, no, right? no. Absolutely. No, we you have a we have a very high caliber thing that you absolutely want to build, right? And yeah. I mean, it's within have the other people to do within the peer group. It'll be a very good profitable thing, right? Have you got the people to do? We've got some of the people. You're okay. gonna, you know, I'm sure we'll be competing with the rest of a very small pool of people. Well, yeah, that yeah, I imagine. Yeah. You know, knowledgeable people now. Yeah. But I mean, I am I am hearing things that some of the companies that are doing things are p- pulling folks out of Kazakhstan and stuff, which is smart. And so, you know, there's going to be people around. The engineering of building what you got to build typically, particularly if you're building a plant or something like that, I think that expertise is around. I, I get the feeling, and I know from the Canadian perspective, that every big mining project we've done in any commodity in the last 2 or 3 years the cost overruns as i'm sure you've seen are, yeah, are horrible yeah, yeah and and it's kind of it's not any one individual company's fault it's just that's the landscape you're facing and i think so you're facing that as well the beauty of what we have in the in the us though i mean i can't get out ahead of the study whatever it's going to be in terms of the capex and things but the nature of an i, I uh, of an isr is you know there's an initial well field and, and there's a process plant. Yeah. And and that doesn't add up to a giant number. Like, we're not talking Athabasca. It's a billion-dollar thing. It's very small, manageable. So right. the risk is a lot lower. So the, the potential to build something like that right. is a lot better. And in terms of sequencing, that makes a lot more sense for us because our Australian thing, and we will, the politics will come good there one day, we'll be able to do that. Get rid of labor government, But yeah. it's much higher cap. I mean, it's... Hundreds of millions. Oh of uh, well, absolutely. They're,
1: they're, they're different, as you, as you say. So the kind of exposure early on, pre-revenue, is not significant. It's better that way around, huh? That's what we're saying. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you, you're prepared to build this thing out? You see the market that and potentially the skill sets will be there, either either to buy in or we go and explore new places to get, get the right people and people on board. Um. Do you, what do you? What do you? What do you think in terms of being? Because when we first met, when we first met, you are saying right, okay. We are in the right jurisdiction. The U.S. market will kind of come good. If we look at the market today, all the demand drivers are there. So forget government funding and incentivization, et cetera. The fact that this um, energy transition, the conversation, is now front and center on everyone's lips. I want to be able to afford my heating bell in the middle of winter when it's snowing. Um, the the pe- people are driving government to, towards nuclear. And are you seeing... Any conversations downstairs, or as part of your you know, normal run of work, of um, U.S. government departments or U.S. money getting more involved with U.S. projects—is it a help?
0: Well, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think we just well, we just got a grant, which is interesting, and that was a grant we thought we were going to get earlier, and we didn't get it. And then, right, and then they called us. Right. <laughs> okay. And so we said, you know, yeah, well, yeah, we want that grant and uh but it took a long time yeah but i would say that the current administration they're kind of reluctantly i don't say i wouldn't say they're they're embracing it wholeheartedly yeah. i think they've to some extent been forced a little bit to um yeah get into nuclear and be perceived to be very pro-nuclear i think one of the real real um things that catalyzed everything was this whole smr thing because i think yeah. the 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 company, I think it was the Bill Gates-led company, I can't remember the name of it now, that that had one of these SMRs, but they basically went to Washington and said, you know, we we don't have any fuel. Yeah. And what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do about it? So the Americans belatedly, I thought, said, well, we're actually really behind the curve here. And all these other SMR competitors, as you know, there's ones here in Britain and everywhere else, the designs and the Chinese are doing it. And so I think the Americans have also started to realize, because now they're watching from a foreign policy perspective, and they're seeing that, you know, China and Russia are back out using nuclear power and p- building power plants as an uh, instrument of foreign policy. And so I think they're belatedly kind of getting it. So uh, they're slow, but they're, yeah, they're going to get there whether they, but there's only so much they can do in America to get American supply to meet American demand. Yeah. So whether they, you know, whether, how far they go in that direction, who knows? You don't really need that. In mind. We're fortunate we have projects that, yeah. that don't need, you know, government subsidy to run. Yeah.
1: But but when I want to I hear you. I, I always I always treat always asking because it feels like it should be really powerful. It should be a real advantage. But it's just so glacial in its decision making you know, actually allocation of capital. Um, may, maybe not so much. But what I'm interested in is the sequencing. Word you used earlier, the sequencing sequencing of events. When we first met, you were tiny. I think you're only a little thirty million dollar company. Can you remember those days? Can you remember the? It's yes, like I, remember, I remember lot.
0: Fukushima for yeah. a long time. We were a $700 million dark company once too. <laughs> but, but it's With like, fewer assets, by the right. way. Hey, I, know, I know, but that's, that's my point. Awful. There's a lot of
1: moving parts. If I'm looking at the kind of um, the the variables at the moment and what's happening on all of those, and then what you've also got, got to continue doing in terms of sequencing plan, what are the things that you think you got right, were timed right, or was it just a factor of hanging in there to be able to keep moving things forward? And just interested in terms of your psyche. I'm like. How do you plan all these things?
0: No, we didn't really plan it. Well, I, and I think I, I might have told you or other people, you know, that was a long hiatus. And if you think, you know, in a ten-year bear market, you you, know, you don't get a, a message in the email going, well, "There's going to be a ten-year market prepare." Yeah, it's you know, it's six months at a time when it always seems like it's going to change. It'll be fine. And so, <laughs> so the gold guys know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So you know obviously people that are do what i do we're doing other things so i wasn't only doing this or i, I probably would have been in a mental institution is your handicap? yeah is it good Golf? Not, not as good as devs right he's a fantastic golfer right. <laughs> okay but i think he was a good golfer before the yeah. <laughs> before the bear market to be honest okay. um so you're sitting around you, you, it's a case of like it is kind of that kind of stuff because I, I say
1: that because i got a bunch of ceos and they, they literally actually you're coming earlier is like oh my god i slipped my wrist out. it's like man this sucks I'm getting depressed I'm going to sell I can't I can't do this any longer I'm not kidding you those are the conversations that to me off camera off screen personal conversations where people are going I don't know when this thing's going to end. you guys endured it for 10 long years slightly longer 12 right. 11 12 years almost is is were there moments there you thought no if I get the following right I'm golden or as a case of crikey if we just keep the lights on our moment will come how do you, how do you
0: well, I moment. think it was more the latter. And the reason we didn't become a dot uh, not a dot com, but a you know, what other thematics went on Bitcoin in the 10 template? years? Bitcoin, uh, marijuana, yeah. artificial intelligence. Yeah. We knew what we owned right. and we knew where it fit in the How universe in the universe of available projects that could create future supply. And you know, one of these things came from Rio Tinto and the other one was drilled out by General Electric. So, you know, yeah. We knew that these assets were important so I, I used to dub us being in the survivor group yeah you know, the people that made it through yeah and by and large you see the companies that are in the survivor group that are now at the the top of the yeah, yeah, yeah. valuation order they own the projects that make sense because they're real projects and so we just knew that so we were hoping you know as i said if i'd known it was 10 years it might have been i might who knows might have made a different right. decision. but you always think oh i can get another i'll get it financed somehow and and we didn't have big burn rates, so we were fortunate because we didn't have yeah. a plant on caramel, is just something which are. But it's, be so it's a lot case more of challenging. A, you got to be in the game to play the game, right? So is that, that kind of mentality. Well, you had right? to understand it. Yeah. yeah. And there, by the way, there were no MA and A buyers where you had. So, right.
1: So yeah. so so coming coming on to that, it's like you knew you had like two quite um, good assets, given the heritage where they came from. But I'm looking around the market now, and I'm expecting to see the slew of utter zombie projects coming through like they did last cycle and trying to be able to identify what's what good and what not so good looks like. So, and, I, and I've got you know, CEOs said to me, well, that company, we were offered that asset, which is their flagship asset. We didn't buy it. That person didn't buy it. That person didn't buy it. And we're the only ones that have actually built companies any time recently. So, it just shows you there's a lot of stuff which will kind of come through. And As an investor, which is my mindset and anyone listening, is our mindset of how do I work out what good looks like and what not so good looks like. What do you think?
0: Uh, I I mean, first of all, I think if, because we haven't talked about the ETFs, but I think the ETFs are yeah. kind of the selection process of, I mean, it's it's indirect because it's who's got market cap and who trades volume, but but in a better market, those, those things happen because the companies have things that matter. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of a self-selection thing where really the better projects are in, by and large, are really in those okay. ETFs. I mean, in some kind of weighting, I mean, we're, towards the bottom compared to obviously Camago and Kaz Adam prom, But yeah. there's quite a few companies in there that have development projects. And, and I, I don't, I think most of the real stuff honestly has surfaced of any, unless there's some mystery thing that I don't know. I mean, there's a few things, obviously we were in Mongolia, yeah. which I'm in no hurry to go back. There's right. a couple of big projects there that, and the French are talking about because they found something 15 years ago or so. I mean, there's potential in Mongolia, but it's not for juniors. I don't think. Right. Um, so I think most of that stuff is service. I've been a big advocate of saying, I think this cycle you're going to have before it's over, I would think the frenzy will be more in Greenfield stuff somewhere. There'll be some discovery that mm-hmm. no one's thought about in some place that seemed sort of safe, uh-huh. or preferably in you know Canada, Australia, or something like that. Yeah. And then there'll be more of a flurry around that, would be my guess. And I think we And I do think we need to do Greenfield. Like as I was mentioning earlier, I mean, what it got to in that crazy cycle in the 70s is the... <laughs> That the people who needed the stuff yeah. had their own exploration department yeah, yeah. to find it. That's how bad it was. The
1: marks are not doing the heavy lifting for you. So I, you
0: know, is that going to happen again? I don't know. The you know the energy the energy companies they were all in it before. The yeah. oil companies were all in it in the seventies. They haven't seemed to come back. But I noticed they're flirting around in the lithium business a little bit. Yeah, I think the oil companies it, it was too small,
1: very very much not non-core for for sure. Too hard. Yeah too hard. I think we talked before the show started about Axon and the Lithium space, So we'll see what diversification happens and um, in the next few months or so elsewhere, this energy transition of us. but uh, well, I'm just conscious you've got places to be. Yeah. Thank you so much. Great to catch up. Glad things have really moved along for yeah. you. Um, you know, share price is ticking along absolutely the right way. The projects are moving along nicely, and you know, I suspect, obviously, access to capital shouldn't be too much of a problem as and when you need it. Don't. The market's
0: quite healthy at the moment for our sector, and let's hope it stays that way. And I look forward to coming back and reporting on our progress. All right. Cheerio.